0: That's good to see everybody today. I don't quite know what to do with Valentine's Day. Yeah. I know what to do with my own marriage, but <laughs> I think that there's going to be uh, something—a uh, blessing related to the day today—in the in, the in the talk in a little bit. Uh, but we are really excited and happy today that we are transitioning, even though there's such treasures in the. Old Testament, we are now transitioning into the New Testament in the story this week. This is chapter 22 of the Chronological Bible, and I want to talk to you about the beginning of the New Covenant, something to very much celebrate. There's a lot of life, so much life in God's relationship, God's interaction, God's dealing with His people, His elect, His chosen ones down through the ages wonders of God, one after another. We still look to the, as we've noticed, there's there's so much gospel in the Old Testament. But it's also true that in a great sense, it's the caterpillar and the butterfly is emerging. <laughs> and John expresses the New Covenant profoundly. The Old, co- the old Testament... Um, has uh, four covenants that ties it all together. And a covenant is a little bit like a contract, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more God saying, "This I'm the higher power, you're the lesser power, and I'm imposing this contract on you. <laughs> and there's grace in all of them. Covenant of, with Noah, God saying, Rainbow, no more destruction of the whole earth. And I value every single human being who's made in my image. Covenant with Abraham. I know you don't have any kids and you're old, but all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed for you and your seed. You're going to have uh, seed and descendants that are more than the stars. Moses. These are ten words, ten commandments that will release life to you. Do you obey them? If you don't, they're yeah, going to be trouble. Covenant with David. I'm going to have one of your descendants on the throne as reigning as king forever. Now, the covenants of the Old Testament have obligation. God obligates himself to us. We obligate ourselves to God. Same in the new covenant, only God obligates himself to us, but Jesus obligates himself to God in our place, our stead. (laughs) So what do we do? Have faith and enjoy, celebrate and praise, live a life of thankfulness and praise that he fulfilled the covenant, you're part of the covenant for you. Now, the the New Covenant is expressed not in terms of concept and law. The New Covenant is expressed in divine human person. The The resurrected Jesus Christ. Let's listen to just under two minutes of John's expression of the New Covenant. Pay strict attention, please. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me. For he was before me, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. My friends, this morning what I would like to do is take five words from John's expression of the new covenant as a person, the divine human person of Jesus. Five words that give light, that elucidate, that are windows into the wonder and beauty of what this person, who this person is as an expression of the new covenant to us. And I start with the the last verse that I read, verse 17. And then we're going to go back to verse one and then pick up a few of the words from there, five words. So, first, talking point, the word grace. The new covenant is a person, I'm going to preface each of my five statements with the five words, With the, I'm going to preface it with the beginning phrase, the new covenant is a person who. So the, the word is grace, and the new covenant is a person who is truly, personally consumed by his favor toward us. Grace is undeserved favor. And Jesus is full of truth, but he's full of, as well of grace. And it is truly, truly true that Jesus is full of grace, overflowing with grace and favor, undeserved favor towards you. Not deserved favor, undeserved favor. So if you feel like you don't deserve his favor, you qualify for the fullness overflow of his favor. And it's grace against grace. Caris anti, caris. anti. Anti means against. It's grace, not, against, not in terms of pushing against, but right up against. There's no space between his undeserved favor, undeserved favor, undeserved favor, undeserved favor, and you. You get it. New covenant, Carice, grace, favor. God, uh, the Apostle John's work is full of double entendres, it is called the spiritual gospel you read it and you find it start starting to read you amazing book miraculous book one of the amazing sim- symbolism symbolism doesn't have any parables but it has lots of symbolism is that the Apostle John wrote it the Apostle John John means favor God's favor that's what the name means Right John? <laughs> yeah, John. <laughs> Undeserved favor. Three Johns here, John. Three Johns in, I think more maybe more than that. Three Johns here. Undeserved favor. And John not only writes it, but he starts it with John the Baptist. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, something is established in the Bible. John, John, undeserved favor, undeserved favor, blasting us. Verse 14, 16, and 17. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And of his fullness... We have all received and continue to receive. And grace for grace. Grace, caris ante caris. Grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses. This do and you will live. Jesus says, I'll do that for them. And you live. That doesn't put a song in your heart, a dance in your step, and a smile on your face. I just don't have any hope for you. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30 reads You are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin, that you would become the righteousness. Forensically, legally, God looks at you and sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees all of your sins, past, present, and future, entirely forgiven, but He's also superimposed on you, imputed to you, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Many many Christian uh, denominations can't handle this. The Council of Trent... In response to Martin Luther's affirming of this righteous being righteous by faith, they said, No, we are not righteous by faith alone, through grace alone. We are righteous by grace plus works. And God's grace gives us the power to do his works, but we're justified by the works. There's one problem with that, as I've noticed in sharing the gospel with many people in our own area and down through the years. If you add anything to the gospel of grace, you can never be quite sure you're doing it good enough. And there's always doubt about whether you're really saved or not. If you are depending on anything related to your works, well, as long as we're sincere, as long as we are really, really sincere in trying Listen, are you always 100% sincere? If you have doubt about anything that you can add to the gospel, that's a valid doubt. I want to affirm you in your doubting. It's a free gift, fully. Your job is to celebrate it. You're in Christ, who became for us wisdom and righteousness. He is our righteousness. He fulfilled the human part of the covenant. Second word is word. The new covenant is a person. The new covenant is a person who is in his very essence. But God is speaking to all of the people of planet Earth you have one job planet Earth listen to this one word God says from heaven he shouts hey all of you seven billion people on planet Earth listen up and through the universe from the heaven realm comes that call hey Everybody, listen up. But when it hits us, our spiritual ears hear the word Jesus. Jesus is the translation of heaven's, hey, listen up. It doesn't come to us in Chinese or in English or in Spanish or any other language, this, hey, listen up. There is a translator between us and heaven, and when it hits us, It is not even the word Jesus per se, it is the experience of the person of Jesus, the life of Jesus that hits us. And all the wonder of that. Jesus is the word, it's like uh, my grandson Luke sent Brenda and I a letter recently that he dictated to his mother, he's four years old, to give to grandpa and grandma. In essence, the word said, the uh, letter said, Grandpa and Grandma, you should learn how to do video games. I love video games. They are so much fun. You can learn more and more about video games, Grandpa and Grandma. And also please give me some more presents of video games. I love you, Luke. If If you would condense that to one word, what would it be? What's on his mind? And he's imparting that to Grandpa and Grandma, one word. He wants it to not just be a word, though. He wants it to be an experience. And I know all all the metaphors break down, but God wants us to experience, not just read or hear about Jesus, but to experience his supernatural resurrection life. You have one job. Let yourself be blessed by Jesus. It's your one job. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos in Greek. And it is pronounced Logos in Greek, just so you know. I am on a one person mission to change everybody's from saying Logos to say Logos instead of Logos. Logos. <laughs> in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us." Hey, human beings! Jesus' life! The uh, first century Jewish readers, as I've mentioned to you in previous sermons, the word logos, the word word, meant all that God has spoken in the Old Testament. All that God is saying reduces to one word, Jesus. One experience, resurrected Jesus, the Greeks, the word logos was used for the supreme philosophical wisdom that everybody talked about and reveled in and searched for. That supreme philosophical wisdom, Greek world, reduces to the singular person of Jesus for you to receive. Plato, 400 years before Christ, put it this way. The Greek philosopher Plato, it could be that someday God will send forth a word who will reveal reveal all mysteries and make everything plain. Prophetic Plato there in the Greek culture without even knowing it. First word, favor, grace. Second word, word. Third word of the five, God. The new covenant is a person. The new covenant is a person who is fully, fully human, yet also fully God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word, what? Was God. Mary said to the angel, Gabriel, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And Gabriel said back, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Almighty will overshadow you. And the one who is to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Joseph, oh man, I've had problems before, but never anything close to this. The woman who I'm engaged to is claiming to be With child from God. She needs to be committed to some kind of something. Family will reject. My friends will reject. I think I'm just going to divorce her quietly and move on. I'm in total denial about what's going on here. He gets a vision, a dream. Angel speaks to him. Don't be afraid. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He is the Son of God. Which means he's God. The Son of God equals God the Son. We have bumper stickers that say, my son this, my daughter this, my child this. This is a bumper sticker that might have been in the first century uh, time with Mary and Joseph. Well, if it isn't Joseph and Mary, our son is an honor student, our son is in medical school, our son is God. Application, we pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father, hooray. We pray to the Spirit, hooray. We pray to Jesus. Not three different gods, three persons in one essence. Whenever we pray to Jesus, the Father and the Spirit take it personally. Hallelujah. I know, I know. Beyond, who, who is to say that something that's a little bit bigger than my fist, my brain, should be able to comprehend all of the mysteries of God? That's very arrogant to think that. Let's just humbly be glad we have some revelation. He is fully God. He is fully man. Jesus. Four. The new covenant is a person who is relentless in the shining of his life toward us. The new covenant is a person who is relentless in the shining of his life toward us. Verse 4 and 5, and then verse 9. In him was life. That's abundant life. That's heaven life. That's resurrection life. That's salvation life, deliverance. Supernatural joy and peace and love. In him was life. The life that is truly life, Paul says later. In him was life, and the life, the life was something. It was the light of all men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light of Jesus shines on every single person. But there can be resistance. There can be no, no. And if you allow the light of Jesus' life in, you get more life, more light. Jesus um, said he that he that has will be given more. And even think about the, uh, the stories of the, the different stories in the Christmas story. God is not at pains to give them the full revelation of what it means that Jesus is the new covenant. He's quite content to just give them a little bit to start. And they are content. The shepherds didn't get the full revelation. They just got a, hu- a huge breakthrough for part of it. The wise men, the magi, just got a little bit. They got, got the, the word from the word, the promise of the Messiah coming out of Bethlehem. They've got the, the star gave revelation. This, this is the king that's going to be born king of the Jews. But God didn't give them the full plan of salvation. But they opened up to the life that was light to them at that point, didn't they? And there's more to come that we don't even read about in their lives down the road. Each of them. Mary didn't get, the, didn't get uh, the full revelation herself. Even on the day of Pentecost, there was a, you know, years later, there's this huge revelation to Mary about what her son was all about when the Spirit of God came upon her on the, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. Don't, try, don't get farther, don't get ahead of yourself. You're on a pilgrimage with God. God's your shepherd. He's leading you to still waters and green pastures. Don't condemn or beat yourself up that you're not farther ahead than you are now. You're probably right right, right now in your Christian maturity, you're probably right about where you should be. Give or take. But whatever point his Jesus life is shining on you, open up. I know, I, I think of the big barn, the hayloft. When I was a kid, and it was kind of dark in there. There was only one light bulb or two light bulbs for the whole big hayloft, and I was thinking when the, light, the lights were off even, it was even more profound. There would be these knot holes on a summer day in there, and the light would shine in, and you'd see the dust, these rays of light, and the dust, hay dust in the air. I just I remember just marveling at that. Some people nail planks over the knot holes. Others get a hammer and make the knot holes bigger and say more. Who are you? I suspect you, need a, You have a hammer, like Jeremiah used last week. <laughs> Verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Why? Nailed hammer over the knothole. hole. No light here, please. I'm not religious. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, even Jewish people. But as many as received him, the ball started rolling. The snowball started down the hill. To as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Receive, believe, be born again. There's a progression of life light that we open ourselves up to. What are other ones? Do you remember a life light surge when you got baptized in water perhaps? Did you get a, a life life a life light surge when you the first time you prayed in front of someone else? The first time you prophesied over somebody? Maybe some of these are still pending in your life. But when you have an opportunity to humbly open up for more life light, go ahead and take the hammer and make the knothole bigger. And more supernatural Jesus life will flood you. The first time you confess Christ, the breaking off of a bad habit that's impeding your relationship with Christ. All these are making the knothole bigger and more life light are flooding your life. St. Valentine was that way. Confessed Christ in the late 400s, got thrown into jail. Amen. Got thrown into jail. The judge who unfairly threw him into jail had a daughter who was blind. Valentine, he was a healing revivalist. So he said, hey, judge. I I think it's remarkable he forgave the judge. Didn't treat him in in the same spirit that he was treated by the judge. He said, uh, want me to pray for your daughter? I believe Jesus could heal her. The judge brings his daughter to the jail. This oral tradition goes back, and then written tradition goes way back to the 5th century. prays for her, she gets healed. The judge lets every Christian out of jail. He himself becomes a Jesus person. His daughter becomes a Jesus person. But Valentine just didn't stop there and start a ministry in a magazine and a television show. He... He just started preaching again and got thrown in jail again. Only this time he was going to be executed. And he, he still felt a generosity of heart towards people in his life. And he, signed a, he wrote a letter to the girl that got healed. And there's no, in the letter, there's no evidence of anything romantic about it, he, but he just signed it Your Valentine. And the romanticist took it from there <laughs> and created what it is today. But even Valentine was his, his uh, springboard for his life, was God's favor and the supernatural Jesus life that was flooding him and his response to it, point by point by point. And that easily morphs into our last word, which is glory. The new covenant is a person who captivates us with the continual manifestation of his glory and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Sometimes we think of glory as glorifying God, living for God, and that's a concept of glory that is worthy. We live for the praise of His glory. But glory is also a manifestation of the atmosphere of God The personality of God and the person of God that's imparted to us by by the Holy Spirit, that a taste of heaven in our personal now. 2 Corinthians 3.18 reads, But we all with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Experiences of the glory of God are not designed just for a one-time transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration or a revelation of the glory a, a couple of different times in the Old Testament where no one could stand because of the presence, the manifest presence of God the manifest presence of His glory. We now have been blood-bought into a status with God where the Holy Spirit continually floods us with His experience of His glory. This is part and parcel of what it means that Jesus Christ is the new, new covenant. Let's stand up. This is a wonderful life. If you don't have it, you're pushing away the Jesus life that is trying to shine on you and in you. I appeal to you in his name. If you are resisting his lifelight, his favor, his word to you, his deity, his glory, repent, turn away from your sinfulness and sins and open your heart up to Jesus, to his new covenant. I'd like to ask everybody here in the sanctuary today and even at home to repeat this prayer after me for the sake of people on channel 11 at 11 that are joining us. That are coming to Christ, being born not of blood, nor the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, but born of God at this very moment. By receiving and believing. Say this What's after up, me. Guys, Pastor Jesus. Dan is excited to be teaching from the chapter 22 of the story. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord, come into my life. Into my life. Forgive, all my Forgive all my sins. I confess you as my Savior. I confess you as my, I you as my Lord. As my Lord. I, am I am saved. I am born again. I'm on, I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus Christ in my heart. Jesus in my, heart. Now, my friends, I would appeal to you to contact a Jesus, people friend, Jesus person friend you respect. Today, right now, they'll help you grow in your discipleship to Jesus. God's already brought them into your life. They will disciple you to Him. If you don't have one like that, Call us up here at New Song Church. Contact us. We'll be glad to come alongside you and help you grow in your friendship with Jesus. It's a wild ride. It's a wild ride. <laughs> One final thought in this concept of, it, of continually experiencing His glory it happens every time we praise Him together. I like how this is put. It's been a repeated refrain for new song down through the years and globally as well with other, other fellowships. It's, uh, we praise, we praise until the spirit of worship comes. We worship until the glory comes. Do we have that display? Yes. We praise until a spirit of worship comes. Yes. We worship until the glory comes. Yeah. Then we stand in the glory. I guess we don't have that. We had a had that up there, but it's not available apparently. So, so right now we're going to do that. Encapsulate that. We only have a few minutes before we're done. But um, I want to put your hands on your heart. I want to bless you. And then I want to, uh, us to sing one praise song for us to experience the glory one more time before we go today. Jesus, we praise you for your undeserved favor toward us, that you are the word of God that's being spoken to us, and we have one job, receive the word. You are the command of God, the righteousness of God, the wisdom of God. You are God. You are lifelight, lifelight to us, and you exude glory, which we are about to dip into again right now. As we go our way right after this song, we pray for your continued shepherding to safety, good health, financial favor, wisdom, success, at all that we work at, opportunities for resurrection, Jesus' life, ministry, and an ever-increasing personal revelation of your wonder and your beauty towards us, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're worthy of it all, Lord. Amen. Let's sing this. Let the glory come. until the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. Stand in the glory. May the glory of God continue with all of us as we go. God bless you.